I'm Hannah Young, and you're listening to The Caring Economy with Toby Isnick, sponsored by Philanthropic Impact. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back to The Caring Economy with me, Toby Usnick. Today, our guest is Chandra Vassar. She is the Vice President and Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer for Nissan Americas. We all know Nissan. We've seen them with the cars on the roads, trucks, vehicles. Um, and I'm really excited to hear from Chandra today because I think as a man, I think, wow, this has usually been stereotypically a man's industry. So I'm looking forward to hearing her talk about her career journey in this space and everything that led to it. So with that, welcome to the Caring Economy, Chandra Vesser. Thank you. Thank you. So Chandra, I always ask guests to tell us a little bit about their story, like take two or three minutes and tell us how you got where you got, where you were born, maybe where you went to school, the values that were instilled in you, the people who helped you along the way. Give us a sense of who Chandra Vassar is. Okay, uh, so I was born in Fort Hood, Texas. I'm the second of five children to my parents. Uh, my father was a very extremely proud Vietnam veteran, and he served in the U.S. Army. Um, but his dream um, for myself and my siblings um, was that we complete our uh, college education. So he and my mom always stressed the importance of education as a life-changing opportunity. Um, so in high school, uh, math was always a best subject for me, and I intended to major in a STEM field. I enjoyed the challenge of accounting and decided to pursue that as my college major. I attended Tennessee State University and I earned my BBA in accounting. I have an MBA from Vanderbilt University's Owen Graduate School of Management and I'm a certified public accountant. So I have over 25 years of professional experience and I've worked at Nissan for about 17 years. But at Nissan, my experience crosses finance, purchasing, and now diversity, equity, and inclusion. So while working in finance and accounting, I became very active with hiring and career development initiatives and really focused on including um, diversity as a consideration when filling positions. I also served on a diversity cross-functional team and one of the major proposals uh, that we received approval for was establishing employee resource groups at Nissan. So after spending about 10 years in finance and accounting at Nissan, I had the opportunity to move into a purchasing role. So I was promoted to a purchasing director position. And amongst my many responsibilities, I also uh, had the oversight for supplier diversity. I've also served on uh, Nissan's multicultural acceleration team, which was focused on really understanding and driving sales with our multicultural um, customers. And then I also uh, served on Nissan's Corporate Diversity Council. So really throughout my career, I took an active interest in supporting diversity and inclusion initiatives, even when I was not in a formal uh, program or part of a formal uh, committee. Um, the focus uh, on DEI was really instrumental in Nissan's decision to appoint me as our first vice president and chief diversity, equity, and inclusion officer. That's so awesome. And we're going to spend a lot of time today talking about that. First, I have to say, though, I love Texans. I married a Texan. I feel like my parents <laughs> retired to San Antonio. 
there's just, uh, I always joke, big hair, big personalities, big hearts. You can't meet a Texan you don't like. What took you to Tennessee? Was it uh, the school itself? You went there for undergraduate, graduate. Do you Did you miss Texas or was there just something that really said, I need to go to Tennessee? Well, you know, we started out, you know, in, te- in Texas, you know, of course, that's where I was born, but then my father was in the military. So he was uh, restationed in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. So then okay. after he completed his time in the military, um, he ended up in Middle Tennessee. Uh, he started out working for TVA and then they transferred us to West Tennessee. So Got I it. came back to Middle Tennessee uh, for college, uh, mostly because it was free. I mean, basically, you know, I, I like I said, I had, you know, a total of uh, four other siblings and my parents basically said, you're going to college um, and you have to figure out how to pay for it. <laughs> so uh, I had the opportunity to attend Tennessee State University uh, on a full year uh, academic scholarship. So that's where I went. Cool. Another similarity. I'm one of five. I'm four out of five. You're two out of five. And also same expectation. You're going to get a college education and you're going to pay for it. (laughs) You're going to earn it. So clearly you're a a leader, right? You started early, you earned your way, you've continued to do it. I I wonder um, earlier in your career, what was it that drew you to the auto industry? The auto industry is just such a fast paced, uh, dynamic industry. Uh, Growing up, I always had an interest in um, cars. I just love to see <laughs> new cars. They just they just piqued my interest always. So that's one of the ways that I ended up looking at the automotive industry as a career opportunity. Um, and now, you know, with the constant uh, change and, you know, it's such a, a competitive environment, uh, I've enjoyed that constant challenge I've enjoyed seeing the new product and the new technology offerings. And certainly Nissan has afforded me the opportunity to have a very challenging uh, cross-functional career. So that mm-hmm. that has been really uh, what has held my interest in the automotive industry. I said in the opening, Chandra, that it seems to me it's always been a fairly male-dominated industry. But has that is that accurate? Has it been your experience? Has it been a challenge, an invitation, an opportunity? How have you approached that, if that's actually a fair perception of mine? Uh, I do think that is a, a very fair perception. Um, it is a fairly male-dominated industry. And um, it has been challenging, but I have seen... A good amount of change um, in the industry. Um, certainly, I have seen a recognition that women um, have a major influence on the vehicle pur- purchase decisions in their homes. Um, mm-hmm. That has resulted in an increased focus on adding features to vehicles that resonate with women and families. Mm-hmm. I've also seen an increase in women appointed to leadership positions. Uh, so we've seen an increase in women at the executive levels and in C-suite positions across the industry. Uh, and, and I've also seen a greater focus on work-life balance, and that focus has actually been a benefit to all employees, not, not just uh, women. So mm-hmm. uh, I would say that there certainly has been lots of opportunity um, for me in this, in this field, which is, you know, really male-dominated. Um, and certainly I have really tried to focus on um, ensuring that we do see a change uh, for 
uh, women in the industry. And, and that, that speaks to the, the strategy that uh, is, has been established um, at N Nissan for DEI, where we're focusing on our people, our culture, and our partners. So from a people standpoint, we wanna make sure that we are embedding DEI people leader best practices in hiring, promotions, and training. You know That helps us to remove bias and to ensure that we do diversify uh, the industry. Uh, from a culture standpoint, we're taking action on improving our culture of speaking up without fear and having those inclusive conversations. I always say that we can hire great talent, but we can't retain them if they don't feel that we have a culture where they can be included and heard and respected. And finally, with our partners, we're making sure that we take actions to be transparent and equitable by opening up opportunities for them to collaborate with Nissan. That's so amazing. So when you talk about partners, for example, is that is that dealerships? Is it suppliers? It's all the above. How, how do you have that ripple effect? Who are your audiences that you're going after in that? So, yes, yeah, so it's all of the above. So it's our, our dealer body. It is our supply base. Um, it also includes any of our marketing um, partners and sponsorships. Um, and of course, uh, our philanthropic efforts. So any uh, philanthropy initiatives that we have as well. Mm -hmm. And this is a first, this role you've, that's been created and you're the first in it. So you're kind of building it from scratch, which I guess is both exciting, but at the same time, a little daunting because there's no playbook, right? Or is there one? Did you inherit one somewhere? Well, yeah, there, there's certainly no, no playbook. Uh, you know, the, this DEI um, initiative is, you know, fairly new, uh, not just at Nissan, but just a, a new effort that um, has really been reinvigorated over the past few years. However, we have um, extreme support from our chairman. Um, he is a, a true believer in the value of having a commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion brings um, to the company as mm -hmm. it, it enables employees to come forward, to be their best, to be their authentic selves, and to uh, feel free to express ideas and, and thoughts about how we can become a better company. Um, earlier um, last year, uh, we brought together a cross-functional, uh, cross-regional, cross-level group of employees um, mm. who uh, kind of thought about our traditional approach to DEI and how we could disrupt that approach. Uh, we coined those oh. disruption days. And really through that process, uh, we created um, our DEI DNA, um, for lack of a better word, that basically it was our um, North Star um, a, a vision that we could all believe in, something that we could all um, rally behind. Uh, we also created uh, our philosophy and our strategy. And certainly we did that using DEI best practices. It's, it's really uh, key that we understand those best practices and embed those in any DEI initiatives that we uh, put in place. Well, I love that concept of a North Star. I think it's, it's, it, it's clear, it's actionable, it's aspirational. And I think that that's where all great brands need to go because the, 
the challenges in the facing us are that significant. You've got to have a as diverse and inclusive a workplace to actually be the winner that you aspire to be or claim to be. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, today on The Caring Economy, we have Chandra Vassar with us. She is the Vice President and Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer at Nissan Americas. Chandra, can you talk a little bit about those, um, uh, those moments when you brought your teams together and you did those sort of disruption moments? Is, without revealing trade secrets, is there, is there maybe perhaps an interesting story or tale of you, uh, maybe an aha moment that you or your colleagues had with those um, breakout sessions? Um, I, I think really an aha moment was trying to figure out, you know, who we were and how we could truly shift our culture from a DEI standpoint. So the phrase that we landed on is uh, better conversations lead to better actions. And there was a lot of back and forth and a lot of ideas and thoughts around that particular phrase and you know what it what it meant you know we're we're talking about conversations but you know are we just talking right what about you know decisions are, you know are we are we're talking about decisions but are those the the right decisions and and so it was really a lot where we came together and said hey if we aren't having those conversations, if we are not having those difficult discussions, and if we all aren't getting to a point where we are uncomfortable and then moving out of that place of being uncomfortable to a place where we can all collaborate and land on actions uh, for the company, then we're not doing the right thing. So, so really it, it amounted to us saying, hey, we're gonna have those difficult conversations. They're gonna make us uncomfortable. We're gonna learn from each other. And in the end, we are going to make decisions and actions that are the best for the individuals and the company. So awesome, how's it going? I mean, I imagine there's some bumps along the way, but are, do you think that people are genuinely engaging with it? And, and if so, what kinds of results or impact are you seeing? Well, I mean, I think it's off, to a great start, quite frankly. Um, the easier cool. parts have been truly the employee engagement. Um, and, and for me personally, being able to, to do work that I'm passionate about, but the mm -hmm. employees have truly um, embraced this. They've rallied around it. They're truly excited about it. So that has really uh, been exciting. Uh, of course, there are those challenges because as much as, you know, we are all excited and rallied around this, you know, we want change and we want change fast. But, you know, it's, it's, it's been a challenge to help people understand that to make sure this is impactful as well as sustainable, we can't change it overnight. This is absolutely a journey and we have to engage um people at different levels in the organization to ensure that this change that we're talking about is felt throughout the organization to ensure that it's not something that is just um, something we talk about, that we only expect our DEI office or our HR office to initiate, that we are all saying we all own this and we are all going to do what it takes to implement the change internally. You know, I wrote in the caring economy about corporate social responsibility. Having an officer or a department is not 
that's not the answer. The answer is that everyone has a responsibility for, in that case, CSR, but I think in your case, DEI. It's not, oh, that's Chandra's job. <laughs> like culturally, we all have to live and breathe this stuff and quite frankly, catalyze the change. It sounds like you are. Is it, do you have any, an example maybe of where you've seen the sort of a ripple effect from something that's either come out of one of these, these group meetings or that's being rolled out real time? Again, I don't want you to reveal trade secrets, but if there's anything you're proud of that you want to share, we'd love to hear about it. I think the thing that I am most proud of is the fact that we came together as a cross-functional, cross-regional, cross-level mm -hmm. group of individuals and created this North Star and the philosophy and a strategy and a three-year roadmap. Now our next step is taking that roadmap and building it out, making it very specific to each of our functions. We recognize that we have a very broad, diverse uh, employee base um, crossing many aspects of diversity and each of the functions have a certain uniqueness to them. So we wanna make sure that our roadmap is not a one size fits all, that it addresses specific needs of our functions. And we actually had a kickoff meeting today and there was so much engagement and so many ideas and uh, it, it was just great. It was great to see the collaboration. It was great to see um, the, the support. It was great to see that people are ready to make this change. They want to be a part of this change. And they are excited um, that we are embarking on this journey. So I would say that, you know, that's something that has been um, truly exciting for me. Well, I love the three-year plan. That seems pragmatic, right? You can't change things overnight, but you don't want to go on indefinitely. So I wonder, do you have, does the, um, does that roadmap link back to employee performance or individual managers or employees gauged in any way formally or informally around their performance around or their, their practices around DEI? So the, the plan certainly does, um, consider, um, performance and we absolutely, understand at Nissan that diversity is a competitive advantage for us. And we understand that when our employees are engaged, uh, when they feel included, when they feel that they can be their authentic selves, um, that they are performing better at work. And the result of that is better performance for Nissan. So mm -hmm. we are absolutely um, looking at this from a performance standpoint. We are very serious about this. We are holding ourselves accountable. We are not just developing the plan um, and, and putting it on a website. We are actually assigning metrics and actions to it, measurable actions and targets to make sure that we are addressing the needs of inclusivity of our organization. Do you, uh, can you give our audience a sense of who Nissan Americas are? I know we're going to talk a little bit about Nashville. Uh, you're outside of Nashville, but where are your main um, factories, your largest employee populations? Are you unionized? Some, not at all. Are you, I don't know, 50% male, 50% female, any kind of demographics you could share with our audience to give them a sense of your, your audience? 
So we have uh, manufacturing facilities um, here in the U.S. Um, in um, Smyrna, Tennessee, which is outside of Nashville, in Canton, Mississippi, which is outside of Jackson, Mississippi, and also in Deckard, Tennessee, which is uh, outside of, of Nashville as well, uh, a little bit further away from Nashville. Uh, we also have our um, R&D center up in Farmington Hills, Michigan, uh, close to Detroit. Um, we have our Design America Center in um, California. And of course we have regional offices uh, across the US. So that's mm -hmm. kind of where our employees are situated in addition to our uh, America's region headquarter um, here in Franklin, Tennessee. Um, so of course we have an extremely diverse um, employee base. I don't have the specifics on the makeup of male versus female, um, but we are um, pretty diverse from both a, a gender perspective, a multicultural perspective. Um, certainly, um, you know, we, from a diversity standpoint, we consider diversity um, to be all of the, the unique differences that make us who we are. So it spans everything from uh, race, religion, um, et, you know, ethnic background, as well as educational background, socioeconomic status, um, gender identity. Um, so it, it spans the gamut. And we certainly have um, that makeup throughout our organization. That's really helpful to see the full uh, breadth of your employee population. Um, I mentioned Nashville. I know you're just outside of Nashville and you guys seem to be incredibly great corporate citizens, which I think matters. I know that the, um, the Titan Stadium is your, it's named after y'all. Um, is that a fair perception? Are you really involved in the community there as it seems? And uh, how important is that to your brand? Um, so a commitment to the communities is extremely important to our brand. Um, we have a true commitment to the communities where our employees live and work. In Nashville specifically, we have partnerships and we support organizations like the National Museum of African American Music, the Fisk Jubilee Singers, and the Nashville Public Library. But we're not only promoting diverse employees inside our organization, we are also developing the leaders um, of tomorrow. And in mm -hmm. addition, uh, through our Nissan Foundation and Nissan Neighbors programs, uh, we're focused on making a societal impact. So through financial contributions, employee volunteer hours and engagement, we are truly focused on building the relationships in and out and around Nashville. And and you're there by choice, and you've had a great career there. But it does seem to me, and I'm I'm coming to Nashville this year. I've committed to friends there because it seems oh, so great. damn hot. Like it is hot, right? Like it's happening. It, this you must have seen the city grow since you've been there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it has definitely grown. Um, I certainly um, consider it one of the um, best kept secrets um, out there. But it's no longer a secret, uh, but you know we work very closely with the Nashville Chamber of Commerce and other partners around the metro area to support their DEI initiatives as well. And yeah. you know, just collectively, we want to make sure that Middle Tennessee is a more diverse and a more inclusive place for our current residents to work and play. 
and we want to make sure that we are attracting new families to the area. And remaining competitive, which is awesome. You know, that old saying that a rising tide lifts all boats, right? The more inclusive and equitable you are, the stronger the brand, the stronger the community. Uh, I, I really love hearing that from you, Chandra. Um, I want to let you have the last word. Again, ladies and gentlemen, today on The Caring Economy, we've had Chandra Vassar on. She is the Vice President and Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer at Nissan Americas, based just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Chandra, any sort of words of wisdom or inspiration for young rising stars, uh, maybe in college or even people older who have been perhaps disrupted or, or looking for a more um, inspiring brand to associate with? Well, I would, I would say a, a few things. I, I would say first and foremost, besides my own motivation and drive, one of the keys to my success was sponsorship. So throughout my career, I was very fortunate to have senior executives provide me the sponsorship that is so critical for exposure and career development. I encourage all leaders in a position to sponsor to ensure that your circle includes individuals from those underrepresented groups. Also, I would say that DEI is challenging, um, yet very important work. It requires a mindset of transformative change, and that change does start at the top. And DEI belongs to each of us. Again, it's not only something that your human resources or DEI organizations um, are responsible for. And in order to have sustained cultural change, leaders must be allies. They must demonstrate those DEI best practices every day and build an inclusive organization and culture. And I would say that Nissan is very much committed to this and we are absolutely holding ourselves accountable. And finally, for those aspiring um, leaders um, and certainly those from those underrepresented groups, I always say to people that I mentor, be bold and stay true to who you are. Never shy away from taking on those roles that no one else wants. Always raise your hand for new opportunities. Always speak up, share your accomplishments, and let your leadership know where you want your career to go. Build a very diverse network and ask for sponsors, mentors, and even one-on-one -on -one discussions with leaders of the same and different backgrounds and experiences. Challenge yourself challenge those around you, be comfortable with being uncomfortable, push without being pushy, and remember to always pull others along as you break barriers and glass ceilings. Here, here, I love it. I would also say, always say thank you, right? Like when you get help along the way, you wanna remember. Always say thank you, absolutely. Oh. Chandra Vassar, so great to have you on The Caring Economy. Again, ladies and gentlemen, today we've had as our guest Chandra Vassar, who is the Vice President and Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer at Nissan Americas. You don't want to take on too many mentees, I know, but what's the best way to follow you? Um, the best way to follow me is on LinkedIn. Cool. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to The Caring Economy with Toby Usnick. Please share your comments and questions with Toby via Twitter at T Usnick or LinkedIn at Toby Usnick. And thank you for sharing the caring economy with your friends and colleagues.